You know, listeners, you ever have one of those days where, you know what, you think you know a topic and then you really dive into it. You find out some more and you realize I had no clue what was going on. Well, that was today for me. I just had a fantastic conversation with Katie Bailey. She's one of the friends of the show here at the Performance Matters podcast. She's a learning strategist. She knows her stuff. And we riffed on the topic of quiet quitting. And again, I thought I got it. And the information Katie shared with me totally changed my mind on the idea. And whether you think it's good or bad really will depend a bit on your perspective. I can't wait for you to catch up on our conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies, your workforce transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Michael Teal, host of the Performance Matters podcast, sponsored by GP Strategies, the world's leading talent transformation organization. You know, dear listeners, it seems the topic of, and I'm going to use quotes around this, quiet quitting has been on the lips of many talent development professionals in the past year. And you know what? Today, we're going to dive into this topic and answer the question once and for all, is quiet quitting for real? Or really, is it no big deal? Here to add her considerable insights on this topic is friend of the show and one of my favorite guests, Katie Bailey. Katie, how are you doing? I am doing great now that I know that I'm one of your favorite guests, so thank you. How are you? I am awesome. Life is good here, Phoenix. This time of year to um, date this podcast, it's February 9th, and it is the best time of year. The Super Bowl is being held here in Phoenix, and I was hoping to actually hear from um, you saying you were going to be coming to town with the Bills, but it looked, looked like you guys had a little bit of an upset there in Buffalo, huh? It is true, and and thank you. You've given me a few weeks to recover before having to address it. Um, yes, it is February 9th, not the best time of year in Buffalo, particularly because the Bills are not playing. So appreciate the dig. Anybody but the Chiefs? Sounds like a plan. Go Eagles. Okay. Well, listen, you know, we're not here to talk football. For those unfamiliar with with Katie, she is a learning strategist and learning and talent development consultant with GP Strategies. And um, in terms of this topic of quiet quitting, I didn't want to just sit here and launch missives uninformed as they might be by myself. So we said, let's get someone who you know, I don't know, holds a master's of science in organizational development and is a certified human resources professional. And, you know, the the third part of that is someone that hails from Buffalo, probably one of the snowiest places in the world, at least this past winter. Am I right, Katie? That would be correct. Currently raining okay. heavily, but no well, snow. It's right raining now. now. Okay. Every time heavily. I look at it on, on the television, it's there's, there's like, uh, you know, a 50 foot pile of snow outside of the yeah. stadium and everything. Uh-huh. 
but that's yes, not there. Also huh? known for that, but I'm sure that by next week that may be the case. Okay, so um, I'm assuming, and I'm going to do my best here. I'm an incurable punist here. I, I'm assuming you're quietly quitting from football for now, at oh. least, oh. at least at this point. Yes, I've been waiting for it. It's Boom goes gross. the dynamite right there. Gross. Uh, here for the commercials and the snacks. <laughs> no. Uh, so, Katie, are, are you ready to tackle the uh, topic of quiet quitting with me? I have been so ready for this for so long. So, so very excited to talk with you about this today. Good. Good deal. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to do here, and, you know, I know people are driving around and and folks have heard the term. If you scrolled through whatever, your Apple News, your Android News, your, your MySpace, whatever it is, yep. you've heard this topic. But I want to hear from a professional what exactly do we mean by this term? And if you can spice it up, like where'd it come from? So <laughs> sure. Yeah, let me know. It's a great it's a great place to start. Actually, we do this a lot in our learning sessions, right? Before we spend two hours talking about emotional intelligence, why don't we define what it is? So I think that's a great place to start in terms of thinking about quiet quitting, um, how it's defined in the origin. So um, this this phrase originated from TikTok. And I would say as a geriatric millennial, which is apparently my my like designation. <laughs> is um, that I'm the not, term now? <laughs> it is. It is. Okay. Very um, cool. I'm not like big on the TikTok. Like someone will send me a link and I'll look into it. I'm like, oh that's interesting. Um so even me, someone who doesn't have TikTok, doesn't really do it, care for it, whatever. I found this video, right, of this person talking about um and, and kind of coining this term of quiet quitting. So I think there was this original the way the reason why starting with the definition is actually really smart is because I think there's there's a little bit of lack of clarity around what it actually means. And so I think that is informing some of like the discussion and the conclusions and the recommendations around quiet quitting. How this person, and of course can't remember their name on TikTok, like originally um, coined it was like, hey, I am just doing the bare minimum of my job. I'm no longer going above and beyond. I'm no longer allowing my job to rule my life my work to define who I am. I'm just going to go to work and go home. And that was kind of that that phrase of, of quiet quitting um, originally. Now, I've seen other, uh, you know, like you said, you're scrolling through Apple News, you're scrolling through LinkedIn or whatnot. And other people have interpreted the term to be more of like what I would call. So like, that's kind of like doing your job, right? But like right. this other definition is like literally quitting but staying at your job so like instead of doing your work maybe going you know online shopping for hours and hours or like not doing the like your core work functions so um i don't know if that's like loudly quitting or passive aggressively well, quitting. I, I was gonna say it's that's it sounds like there's that's a pretty big chasm between just like listen I'm going to do yeah. what my job description is, yeah. but I'm not going to, you know, treat this like a side hustle and, you know, <laughs> climbing the ladder. That's interesting. I would have never thought that that was actually the definition if you just pulled me out as a man off the street. Yeah, I think I think the former. So that kind of original thought of like, hey, you know, I'm going to just um, here's my air quotes, right? Just do my job. I think that's probably the more commonly accepted, understood, conversed around definition of quiet quitting. And so, you know, I think I'd like to go with that definition uh, to really frame the conversation that we're having today. So we are not talking about, you know, again, somebody who's like not doing their core work fun functions and quite frankly, like HR should get involved and they should be not, maybe not at right. their job anymore. Like they, they've hired some like robot to sit there right. and tap on their keyboard and move right. their mouse and right. things like, like that. Not, okay. 
just uh, let's strike that note yes. that we let's strike that so I don't uh, from the record. have any Maybe from IT check us out. Yeah, but it, but I think it's important to think about the the different definitions because and, and like anything, it's good to be a critical consumer of what you're reading, right? Quiet quitting is a very catchy term. It's alliterative. I love alliteration. Like it's great, you know. But I think you know I don't know if it's the consultant in me or if it's the cynic in me. But immediately when I heard this term, I was like, what? What is it? what? Like, what is this? Yeah, I right. Understand. Am I, you know, so, so I think today we're going to kind of go with that first definition and then explore a little bit about what it means and, and what the implications of that is are. Okay. All right. So if we're level setting today's conversation, uh -huh. we're saying quiet quitting defined by someone at TikTok. I don't know if they've monetized that or not, but it's basically what you're saying know. is do your job uh -huh. um, as asked, but nothing more, right? Correct. We're not getting to someone who's, uh, I, I, there's, there's new terms that are coming out, but you're not the antagonist, right? You are, you're doing it, but you're like, I'm, if, if my hours are eight 30 to five 30, when it's, you know, five 30, I am signing off and I'm moving on with life. And Correct. And I think another way I've okay. seen that is coined is, is that concept of discretionary effort, right? So there's no longer this desire to put in this kind of above and beyond discretionary okay. effort that may have taken a significant amount of time or resources in the past. So that can be a good okay. way to think about it as well. Okay. I, I like that. I like that. And so from your perspective, being in, in the year, uh, and I wish I had my robot voice effect right now, in the year <laughs> 2023, um, why, from your opinion as an organizational development professional, why is this so relevant and timely for us to be talking about? Oh yeah, I mean, I think, I think part of it is just the 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 role and the legs that it's gotten from being in the media, right? So you're seeing, you know, some major, like all sorts of major uh, professional firms, giant organizations, CEOs, like talking about this concept. So you're seeing again, it's catchy, um, it's get, garnering a lot of headlines, and so, and I think there's a significant amount of buy-in into that uh, from a lot of people. There's definitely a debate on both sides, and I think that's part of what we're here to talk about today. But I think think, again, like the fact that it's so, that it's potentially inconsistently defined, that it seems to be dominated, ha dominating headlines. Um, and also just this kind of re-examination of the role of work in our lives. I think it's really difficult to divorce this conversation of quiet quitting from like where we are in like society. And I don't want to say post-pandemic society because it's not over, but in kind of, you know, after we kind of maybe 2020 and 2021, maybe even 2022 chewed us up and spit us out. Like, where are we on the other side of that now? Who are we on the other side of that mm. now? And what role does work play in my life? And I think that is a conversation that many people have been having with themselves that I think feeds in really closely to this phenomenon. So I, I definitely think they're connected. And, you know, another thing, hearing you you speak about this this concept of, you know, basically how we've been through the meat grinder of the, the past three <laughs> well, years yes. is, you know, there's... The, the reality of so many individuals who before were not in a virtual workspace yeah are right and it seems like it's it's a lot easier it's you know if you're sitting here like you and I are in our offices at our mm -hmm. house or mm -hmm. in a room that you've coined an office um you know it's got to be a lot easier to just say I'm gonna do the bare minimum right it seems like I'm not saying you and I are doing it but yeah, I'm what saying the heck? No, 
you know, if if your if your only connection to your coworkers is through a yeah. webcam that you may or may not be turning on, <laughs> you know, it seems like it's a lot easier to to just say I'm going to do the bare minimum. It's harder to track it too. Is that fair yeah? To say? I mean, it's it's hard. It's it's now of course the consultant in me is going to say now wait don't be over overly general because there's other people that would say i actually work more when i'm at home because the lines are not blurry i don't have mm-hmm. an arrival and a departure time i don't have a commute in which i can distance myself so i think that there's a very it's it's it could potentially be a dangerous argument but i can also see that flip side of like yeah like you know i so careful i would say yellow light proceed with caution good. and and, good. and i also the other testing thing is, you, by the way. So, oh, good. Thank you. Um, you passed. Oh, oh good. Good. <laughs> but I think, you know, that the, the thing with some of those generalizations, right. We saw this in the pandemic as well. It's like, oh, the shift to hybrid or remote work, you know, for, for me, I'll speak personally. I was already doing this before COVID. So like when someone made some generalization about like remote work or hybrid, I was like, that didn't apply because me, like many others had had this set up maybe before the pandemic forced us to. So, okay. so careful about making general, cause that could be its own whole podcast about, you know, the productivity right. levels of people, you know, in a work from home or hybrid um, environment. But there is something to be said about the concept of connection. And I think you hitting on that is actually really important because this concept of like distancing yourself from your job, um, there is a piece of that that's rooted in we're not potentially as connected as we used to be. And so we don't necessarily have those social tie-ins, which are Mm. kind of um, feeding some of our... um, I don't want to use the word connection seven times, but I'm just going to anyway, feeding in that connection and that commitment to that experience, to that office, to those people um, in those relationships. So that could certainly be something to explore as well. And I would expect we'd see some good social science research coming out over the next few years about the impact of that great physical distance and what that means in terms of, of potentially our commitment and our connection. You have so many of us that have probably taken this whole virtual office concept and you've pushed it so far over the past couple of years mm-hmm. that you're just frankly like you're emotionally exhausted from like yeah. it, it, so I can see quiet quitting. Is it fair to say it might be even a way for people to go? I need to reframe some boundaries and say, listen, I'm at home all the time. I'm sitting here in my flannel, um, you know, PJs, and, but I'm working. It's like I need to yeah. mentally make some boundaries. Is that a potential uh, aspect of, of your definition of it. It's people just trying to reclaim some sanity in a virtual world. I'll share a phrase with you. So I was uh, in the MIT Sloan Management Review. I just read an article and it talked about, let's call quiet quitting what it is, calibrated contributing. And I have to mm. tell you, I almost cried for two reasons. First reason I almost cried was because I was like, yes, this makes so much sense. This is exactly what it is. Yes, yes, yes. And it has to do, I think, with all the things that have happened to us over the past few years, the role that work plays in people's life or not, how the pandemic has shaped our our relationship to the work that we do. So that was the first reason I cried is I just felt seen and heard. I was like, this is great. The second reason I wanted to cry Mm. was because I didn't coin the term myself and I was super sad. But at the same time, um, was really glad to, to finally maybe hear and see some of that validation to what I believe to be true, which is really that quiet quitting in so many ways for so many people is about reestablishing those boundaries, rejecting kind of that like hustle culture or that burnout boulevard pathway. Um, So, you know, again, I don't want to be overly general, but I think for some people, that's what it means. Like if I'm able to log off at 5 p.m., that allows me to spend more time with my family or pursue a hobby or be just more holistically well. And 
in that case, like, that's my question of like, maybe it really isn't such a bad thing, right? Because I think even when we're seeing quiet quitting the news, like, oh my God, it's so bad. And what can leaders do? Like, yes, I think there are, it, it has illuminated some challenges that we can definitely equip organizations and their leaders to be aware of. And also, I think there's a really important other side of the coin that shouldn't be ignored when it comes to like the holistic human wellness experience. The way I'm looking at this, I came into this thinking, okay, quiet quitting. Wow. This is for folks that are just, you know, they're, they're coasting. And what you're telling me is potentially it's, it's maybe not a bad thing. It might be, Hey, I'm trying to just reestablish some boundaries. I want to do a good job, but it's like, Mm -hmm. listen, I need to calibrate what was the term again? Cal- calibrated. What was the MIT term? Calibrated, calibrated contributing. contributing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I need to basically pick my spots almost like a, a Buffalo running back saying, okay, Ugh. I'm not just going to run into the back of the offensive line. We're going to wait until I see the gap and then, and then shoot the gap right there. That kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think okay. in, in, in that way, again, like, you know, is there another way to think about it? Like if you knew, if you had a high performing employee that you knew was teetering on the edge of burnout and quiet, again, here's the air quotes, quiet quitting, drawing some better boundaries around work and life, you know, choosing to maybe not go that extra, extra mile and that huge amount of discretionary effort that was actually quite taxing on them. If you knew that that could help you keep that employee at your organization for five more years, wouldn't you want them to do that? Like, If the alternative was them actually quitting, um, I feel like you would, right? And so this could get into some of the things, again, that leaders and organizations can do to really gauge where people are and what they need. But um, but again, yeah, I, I, I think that there is... There's, I think it can open up the door for some important dialogue that should be happening. Yeah, I can see your organizational development wheel spinning here. <laughs> um, one thing before we get into yeah. really what to do about this or sure. how to address it from a leadership perspective, I just wanted to ask you um, from your perspective, what's the connection between quiet quitting and the term the great resignation that, that we've heard about so much? What's, what's that interconnection? It's a great question. And I think it ties back into this, you know, we've heard the great resignation, we've heard the great recalibration. I think it all goes back to people's definition of the work that they do, what role it plays in their lives, feeling like potentially there are more options for people in the labor market than there were previously. So maybe people who couldn't re-examine some of the the different uh, pieces that make them happy and make them feel like they are fulfilled. Um, Maybe now there's more options now than there were, or maybe people feel like they have the ability to pursue those options. What I'm hearing you say is it's basically, it's about this taking stock, you know, and um, that's what I, what I'm taking from you is it's people taking stock and on the great resignation side, that's the extreme of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go put myself out on the free agent market. And quiet quitting might be, you know what, I I want to stay here, but I don't want to just run on red line. I want to do what I'm being paid to do and not put in that discretionary effort. And um, like you said, there's a lot of gray area there. So you might say, hey, there's somebody that if they're fulfilling their job description and um, I can keep them for five years, those, those seem like very interesting type um, you know, leadership conversations to have and, and thoughts where it's, you know, the, the traditional thing is hustle culture and you get that discretionary effort or maybe, I mean, potentially what you're saying is it might not be, may not be 
the worst thing. Correct. Correct. Now, if I were talking to a leader, like they could maybe say it's the worst thing because if they've been used to getting 125% of that person and they decide they want to drop down to only, air quotes again, 100%, that's going to feel like a significant drop off, right? There's going to be gaps created mm. when that person redraws those lines. But again, if, you know, we at GP Strategies, we look at engagement on the, that area of contribution and satisfaction. If you are contributing really highly, but you're not satisfied, like, how long are you going to stay at that organization? And if you do right. stay, like, how great is your experience going to be? How likely would you be to recommend that somebody else works there if you feel like a lemon with all the juice getting squeezed out of you? So, so I think that, you know, again, this is where that dialogue is really important. Leaders have to understand what I always say, what um, what makes their people tick and what ticks them off? What is their version hmm. of success? And has that version of success changed over the past few years? It's very likely that it has. As a leader, do you know that about your people? Do you kind of know where they are now, the role that work plays in their lives, what they're looking to get out of their career? Um, that may have shifted. And in some cases, like, radically um, due to the events of the past couple of years. So I know I got into the, a little bit of the, what can you do, but it really does. It really leads me there because I, I, we've always believed that that relationship between leaders and their people is critical. And that those conversations and that trust and rapport that is built is um, really critical for, for the success of everyone, both the organization and the individual. The, the topic of this is, is quiet quitting real, or is it no big deal? Uh -huh. I would actually say, is it a good thing or a bad thing? What's yeah, your organizational run, huh? development perspective of it? Uh -huh. Thank you. Uh huh. What what is it good or is it bad? What's your take on the teeter totter? Though? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this. Here comes okay. my consultant lens. Ready? It depends. Hmm. It depends. Oh, boo. I know. Where's Woof, my, right? where's my boo stinger? I don't yeah. have one. Oh, that would be awesome <laughs> if you had one. You know, <laughs> no, but why? Why? Yeah. Why when you say that? Yeah. Okay. Humans are complex, and engagement is an individualized equation. So it depends. Is someone quiet quitting as like their exit slide out the door? And that's why they're decreasing their contribution? Okay, well, that's a different conversation than somebody who is maybe decreasing that contribution because they want to have more balance in their life because they realized when they lost a loved one during COVID, like the importance of family or how important it is to actually take the vacation time that they're allotted each year instead of saying, oh, I'll, you know, I'll do it. Like, those are different conversations, but they really tie into those same um, those same elements of what's important to you. What do you want to get out of the work that you're doing? Um, what does success look like? So again, uh, it depends because it always depends on the person and people are complex and unique. So can it be hmm. good? I believe that it can. Can it be detrimental? I believe that it can. Sadly, it depends. And again, everybody now has tuned out of the podcast because they did not get the clear answer they were looking for. No, I mean, well, the fact is what you're, you're saying is real though it's as a yeah. leader you need to be treating each of your staff as individuals and not chattel and mm -hmm. you need to be having conversations about it um you know as we close this what i wanted to ask you then would be thinking about actions right as leaders if you're looking to address the satisfaction the contributions of your team as it's been called the plus one concept the discretionary mm -hmm. effort um You'd mentioned connection um, is is something that's really an, an X factor there. From your perspective, do you have any case studies or examples or tips or strategies where leaders can, you know, really address quiet quitting 
head on and, and do something strategic about it? Yeah, I'll start with maybe what not to do or like maybe what not to do in isolation. I can tell you like right now okay. I'm seeing a lot of companies that are putting in like productivity software or like um, different, <laughs> you know, different ways to like track and monitor. And like, I get it. I totally do. And also um, I think it's breeding a lot of mistrust with employees. I think it feels very, um, I won't, can I say creepy? Like, I'm not sure, like kind of invasive. Yeah, kind of Orwellian or something. You know? Yeah. And like, and I also like in response and I have to admire the ingenuity here. And I'd also need to say like, I don't have one of these, but now they make these little devices. Have you heard of these things that jiggle your mouse so that you look like you're active instead of going idle on like team? Oh, Did you, have you ever heard of these? so funny. Well, that's yeah. what I was kind of alluding to is I was thinking, I was just joking. I didn't think somebody had actually figured out something that would do that. That's oh, they awesome. have. Again, if, if do you have the website for that? I mean, <laughs> but but I think it feeds into again. So like, what what are we really solving for here, right? And like, if so, it's for us. I feel like it's always been about trust and communication. If trust doesn't exist, that is going to feel like the world's creepiest, most invasive, horrible thing. If Absolutely. you have, yeah, like, and if you, but if you have um, trust if you have the ability to communicate with your leader, if you buy into what the organization is looking to achieve, you feel like they care about you. These are a lot of the questions that we ask in our engagement survey at GP Strategies. And can I please do a little teaser? Um, later of course. on, yeah, and I would say in about six weeks time, we're gonna be releasing an ebook that goes deeper into quiet quitting and looks at our engagement survey results over the past several years and the different trends and themes. So if you came to this podcast thinking, oh my gosh, I wanna see, you know, hear numbers and metrics, stay tuned because we're in the process of analyzing that data right now and distilling it into an ebook that'll be available on the GP Strategies website. That felt really cheesy. However, I do think it's like, this to me is like a start of the conversation and I think we're going to see some really interesting data to back up some of the points that we've talked about. Well, absolutely. And you should not be ashamed for making <laughs> that little promo there. I Thank think that's you. fantastic but because that was going to be one of my literal next questions oh, would be because great. this has been really eye-opening. I thought you're going to come in here and say quiet quitting is, you know, it's a plague and a scourge and we need to do something about <laughs> it. But you come in with your with your consultant lens and said, you know what, this, there's a broader conversation about it. There, There is a lot of great informed research forthcoming on it. And you've also given us some really good action items as leaders to really relook at our staff and, and look at this and maybe even just address this in a, in a spirit of collaboration. So Katie, oh, on behalf of the entire global listening audience, I wanna thank you for coming in today and I'm um, just really doing a fantastic knowledge drop on quiet quitting. We appreciate you. Always a pleasure. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.